Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Hey, good morning. It's great to be with you at Westminster Chapel. We are absolutely gutted that we can't be with you there in person. But we are so honored to be with you and honored that you would uh, invite us today into your home. Um, this is our home uh, here in Parker, Colorado. We are in the middle of the U.S. In fact, our state actually has beautiful mountains. At least we've heard it has beautiful mountains. We can't go and see them right now. We're actually not allowed. We're in the same condition you guys are in. We are in a uh, stay-at-home order right now. So we have lots of time together at home. We're empty nesters. And so it's just the two of us. So we're actually glad to be with you guys. Let me introduce us just a little bit. My name is uh, Jeff Surratt, as mentioned before. Um, I work for a church here in Colorado um, as their teaching pastor, executive pastor. And then I also get to coach churches around the country a little bit uh, in the UK as well. And this is Sherry. She'll tell you a little more about us in a minute, but she works for a company called Orange. They produce uh, curriculum for children's and youth work for churches. And uh, you know what? The most important thing probably is, is our family. Let me show you a picture of our family. Um, that's Mike and Hillary and Brittany and Freddie and Maggie and Molly and Copeland. And that's our whole family together this last Christmas. Yeah. And we have two kids. Uh, Mike and Brittany, like our like Jeff mentioned, and we have four grandkids. And the newest grandchild, Copeland, was just born about five months ago um, in October. And uh, we were so excited, ready for him to come. It's our daughter's first baby. And uh, he came a month early, but immediately we knew that there were some complications because the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck and he was deprived of oxygen. And we had to sit with the doctors, and the doctors told us things are not good. And it was such a hard time. I remember just um, being devastated, thinking, what are we going to do? We found out that when Copeland was born, his heart hadn't beaten for seven minutes. And so we really didn't even know if he would last through the night. It was um, that time when I reached out to your pastor, Pastor Howard, and said, um, please join us in prayer. One of the reasons that I did that is because I know that Westminster Chapel is a house of prayer and that you guys know how to seek God on your behalf and other people's behalf. It was um, such a hard time, but we saw God's hand. Um, we would just pray often at night, all night long. We had other people around the country praying, but we saw God move. And, you know, I look back at that, and now our Copeland is healthy and happy, doing so well at five months. But those first days of his life, I felt like I didn't know what to do. In fact, there were moments when I felt like I can't stand this one more day because we just didn't know how it was going to turn out. And the picture that you saw was on Christmas Day. And if you would have asked me when Copeland was born, if we would all be gathered together at Christmas Day with Copeland healthy and happy, I would have said, I just don't think so. You know, have you ever felt like that in your life and that it's just absolutely crazy? Um, of course you do. We do too with all the COVID-19 restrictions that are upon us and 
we're worried about family and friends and hope that our family can stay healthy. Um, as Jeff mentioned, we're under kind of what we jokingly call house arrest. We're supposed <laughs> to all stay in our homes and uh, not go out. And I know you guys are having some similar situations. And as you're at home, now we have all kinds of new things to face. Some of you have children um, in the home and you're having to figure out how in the world are we going to carry on with school? How are we going to make sure that their lessons get done? That can feel kind of crazy. Right. Something serious that's happening here in the U.S. is a lot of people here are beginning to lose their jobs. And if they haven't lost their job, they're worried that maybe their job is not stable. And maybe in a month or so, they won't have a job to go back to. You know, everything here feels like it's melting down. I wonder if it feels the same way there as well. And one thing that we want to say is if you feel like this, you are not alone. So here's a question that we want to talk about today. How can you find peace when things feel crazy? And we want to talk about two possible paths to finding peace. Just from knowing people and talking to people, we see people kind of pursuing one or the other of these two paths. Here's the first path. When things feel crazy, we want to change our circumstances. You know, sometimes we want to change them right now. If I had a magic wand to wave and I could change this whole COVID-19 situation, I would do it. You know, we just sometimes when we're under pressure, when things feel bad, we want the crisis, whatever it is, to end and we want it to end yesterday. And sometimes we find ourselves thinking things like this. If I had a better job or a job that felt more secure, or if I didn't have to be in a situation where I had to worry about our health all the time, or even maybe if I just could stay home and not have to work at all and I wouldn't have to worry about money. You know, in other stages of life, some people might think, you know, if we were just able to have kids, or when my kids were older, I would think, if my kids were just older and could take care of themselves. And sometimes I would think if we had just not had kids. Yeah, if we had <laughs> no kids at all. Um, you know, before I was married, I would think I would be happier if I could be married. I'll be happier when I'm married. Or sometimes people will find themselves thinking if I was married to someone else or if I wasn't married at all, well, then I would feel happier or feel more at peace. You know, there's a couple of challenges to seeking peace through changing our circumstances. And obviously, we all know that sometimes our circumstances may not change anytime soon. You know, our kids won't all of a sudden become mature, or our spouse may not become a different person overnight. It may take a while for our financial situation to change. And here's the reality. We probably will be dealing with this current health crisis for several more weeks, maybe even longer. But our circumstances sometimes do change quickly. But here's the reality. Sometimes we still struggle find, to find peace. You know, here's something that's true. Many of us were anxious before the COVID-19 crisis hit. Some of us were unhappy before we got married or before we had kids or before we got the job that we're in now. As appealing as it seems, Changing our circumstances isn't a reliable path to peace. So, and, and honestly, Sherry, for me, that's kind of where I default a lot of times. If circumstances would just change, if this, if this uh, stay-at-home order were to be lifted, then I'd be happy. But yeah. you had some great points there, and it's an unreliable path to peace. 
So we want to talk about another path to peace. You can either change your circumstances or you can change your mind. And we're going to look at some advice from the Apostle Paul that he wrote a long time ago. In fact, if there was anyone who needed a change of circumstances, it was Paul when, when he wrote this letter to the church at Philippi. You see, Paul was in prison at the time. He was in prison for something he didn't do. He had been in prison for a long time, and he, he didn't know if he would get out or if he'd have a trial. And if he had a trial, there was an excellent chance that he would actually be executed for a crime he didn't commit. And if I were writing the book, the, the letter to Philippi, I think I would say, help, come get me. I want out. But that's not what he wrote. In fact, he gave us, he gave us advice, incredible advice on how to find peace. And what Paul says basically is don't focus on changing your circumstances. Focus on changing your mind. You know, this is one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. It's Philippians chapter four. And I know you've read some of this already in, in service, but we want to reread some of this and just kind of talk mm -hmm. about what Paul talks about. He starts off by saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, sometimes the translation says gentleness, this translation says reasonableness, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. That very first command is a little hard, right? Paul says that when life is completely crazy, what you should do is rejoice. I don't know about you guys. We haven't felt a lot like rejoicing lately. This doesn't feel like rejoicing circumstances. Maybe Paul spent so, time, so much time alone in jail he was just a little bit crazy. I mean, maybe that was why he said, hey, you should rejoice. Maybe he had lost it a little bit, but I don't think so. Here's what's interesting. Science actually backs up what Paul said. Science actually backs up the idea that if you're feeling fear and anxiety, you should actually rejoice. In fact, some researchers at a university in the US, University of Kansas, tried an experiment. They took a, a, a bunch of students and they had to put a chopstick in their mouth and bite down on it. So it forced their mouth into kind of a smile. And they actually found that their heart rates went down just by putting a chopstick in their mouth, just a physical idea of doing that. You know, they found in research, in science, scientific research, that rejoicing actually boosts our immunity system and it actually counteracts pain. Paul was onto something when he said, start out with rejoicing. When life is crazy, Find something to rejoice about, anything to rejoice about. And Paul even gives us an idea where to start. He says, rejoice in the Lord. In fact, this morning before we recorded this message, um, I sat down and I just, in my journal, began writing down everything I was rejoice, rejoicing about, hmm. rejoicing about my salvation and rejoicing about God's mercy, rejoicing about having Sherry. I'm, I'm not alone and we have a home that we are safe in. And I just went on and on and on and I felt the, the fear and anxiety begin to lift in my life. And so Paul said the first thing we need to do is we need, we need to rejoice. Yeah. And, you know, this verse also tells us that we need to make our reasonableness known to everyone. You know, when life gets crazy, those are the moments sometimes when reasonableness goes out the door. In fact, when life gets crazy, sometimes we become a little crazy ourselves, especially in our thoughts, because we start thinking like this. Everything is bad. This will never change. I can't handle this. But you know, the reality is, if God is with us, we can. And he can help us be reasonable. You know, the place that we need to start is to be reasonable with ourselves. You know, sometimes things are crazy. Sometimes you are struggling. But God understands. We have to be really careful to not let the negative self-talk make things worse. 
And you know, when I'm in the middle of a crazy situation, that's where my thoughts kick in and I start saying, I'm not handling this well. I'm falling apart. Things are always going to be like this. I have begun to realize that if I can imagine God sitting across the room from me in the brown chair in our living room, and he's looking at me with the look of love on his face, like he tells me in his word that he loves me so much. And he's not saying those things to me. He's not saying, Sherry, you're falling apart. Sherry, it's always going to be like this. Sherry, you might as well throw in the towel right now. No, I picture God saying what he says in his word. Sherry, I'm with you. Sherry, it's going to be okay. Sherry, if you'll just look to me, I will help you. We need to be reasonable with ourselves, and that starts with our thoughts and how we talk to ourselves. We also need to be reasonable with others. Now, this really gets hard because when things go crazy, I don't know if you're like me, but I like to point my fingers at others and try to find somebody to blame. But the reality is, is the people around you, your family, maybe even at your workplace, your boss, um, everyone around you in your neighborhood, they're probably not out to get you. Your three-year-old is really not trying to ruin your day. They're just acting like a three-year-old. Your husband's ultimate goal is really not to annoy you. It's helpful to remind ourselves, others are doing the best they can under the circumstances. And here's the truth. I don't always know all their circumstances. You know, lately, um, I've gotten very frustrated with my government leaders about all the stuff that's going on. And it's easy for me to point my fingers and say, you know, they should be doing this and they should be doing that. But here's the reality. They are people who are working really hard under really difficult circumstances. We have to be reasonable with, with ourselves and reasonable with others. That's right. And so Paul tells us to be, as we begin facing, uh, dealing with this fear that we're dealing with, he says, rejoice and then be reasonable. And then in the same passage that we just read, he says that we need to face our fear. In fact, what he says is, is do not be anxious about anything. And before I can stop being anxious, I have to be honest about what I'm anxious about. What is my fear? What, what is behind my anxiety? You know, a few months ago, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety in my life. And I sat down with a Christian, uh, what we call in America, a Christian counselor. And he forced me to look at, Jeff, what are you afraid of? And I found that I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of rejection. I'm, a, I'm afraid that people will find out that, that I'm not who they think I am, that I'm an imposter. Then in these circumstances, our fear actually becomes more tangible. What are we afraid of? Maybe, maybe you're afraid of getting ill. Maybe you're afraid of the, the financial consequences that could come your way. Maybe, maybe you're afraid of the isolation that you feel. Before we can begin to deal with it, before we can work through anxiety, we just have to face, hey, I'm afraid, and here's what I'm afraid of. And you know, sometimes just saying it out loud can be very helpful. When I keep something to myself and I really worry about it, it gets so big in my mind. And I find that if I'm just honest with Jeff and say, you know what, here's what I've really been worrying about. Sometimes just hearing it come out of my mouth helps me begin to deal with it. And you know, that could be a very American thing. But the other night we just sat down and each of us said, I'm, I'm not doing well with this right now, with, with what we're dealing with. And when, as I told you what I was not doing, doing well with it, it began to help the healing. It really did, just yeah. to say it out loud. So the first part of changing your mind is we rejoice, um, we uh, are reasonable, we name our fear, we admit our fear, we face our fear. And then Paul goes on in verse 6. He says, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says once you've faced your fear, once you've recognized what it is, take it to God. You know, I'll be honest with you, my prayer often focuses on changing circumstances. God, protect my family. God, keep me from getting sick. God, change whatever is going on right now in the world. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. However, Paul is not saying, hey, pray that I'll get out of prison. Paul is saying, take your anxiety to God. Um, peace comes when we partner with God to change our mind. And yeah, that's what God wants to do. I love, I love this picture here where it says, let God stand guard. It says the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. In the Greek, that picture of guarding is, is literally a garrison, an a, 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 a army unit standing at the gate of your heart. And when fear and anxiety are trying to get in, God is standing there and he won't allow peace and our, our fear and anxiety to, to come in. I, I just have this visual image when I am fearful to, to admit it, to say, here's what I'm afraid of, God. God, I'm bringing this to you. Will you help me with this? And then I, I sometimes close my eyes and see the angels of heaven standing at the gate of my mind with swords drawn saying, fear and anxiety cannot come in right now. Jeff has some serious work to do. Mm. And that's when the work really get, really gets started. And, you know, this last part of this uh, section, verses 8 and 9, are my absolute favorites. In fact, I feel like uh, in my Bible, it just has my name on it. And so I read it like this. Finally, Sherry, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Aren't those verses beautiful? Because here's what Paul is doing. He's laying it out for us right there. He's saying the key to changing your mind is changing what you think about. And the reality is true. We change our mind by changing what we read, what we watch, and what we listen to. Here's something that Jeff and I have just determined within ourselves and to each other, we are not going to start our day with reading the news about the COVID-19 situation because we still want to stay up on the news, but that's not how we want to start our day. We want to start our day in God's word with some truth, with something that will last us and sustain us throughout the day. So here's what we do. Every day we spend time apart and we read um, some scriptures, some verses that feed our hearts and feed our souls and then maybe later during the day, we'll catch up with the news. But at the end of the day, when we climb into bed, we will open up God's word again and we will read a promise. We will hold each other's hands and we will pray. And that's how we end our day. You know, it's so true that you change your mind by internalizing God's word. And so we encourage you, keep your Bible close. And maybe you read scriptures online through a Bible app, but I think it's really important that you mark some favorite verses, some go-to verses that you can go to again and again that really feed your soul. Here's some of our favorites. Ephesians chapter 1 reminds us that we are chosen, we are adopted, we are loved by a very big God. Psalm 139 says, 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I need to be reminded of that in these times that sometimes I feel like I'm not up to the task. And God reminds me in Psalm 139, oh, but you are because I made you strong and wonderful and fearfully made. First John chapter four, verse four says, he who is in you is greater than he is in the world. And John 16, 33 reminds us, take heart, I have overcome the world. So let's, create, let's agree together right now that we're gonna change our minds by meditating on God's word. And those verses are just so incredible. As you're reading them right now, Sherry, I'm just almost drawn to tears of, of God's overcome the world. God is greater than COVID-19 and yeah. everything else that's going on right now. And I just have to rehearse that in my mind again and again. That's how I change my mind. Mm-hmm. And so Paul has laid out a, a pretty solid way, a very solid way to find peace by changing our mind. The last thing we want to see is we want to, we, we want to change what we practice. Paul says, practice these things. Here's what I know about practice. Practice, practice doesn't make perfect Practice makes permanent. And so we can practice a lot of things. And there's all kinds of self-help out there that'll tell you how to practice this and how to practice that. And that's fine. But Paul is saying, if you want to change your mind, practice what I'm telling you to do. And what is that? Paul said, rejoice, be reasonable, face your fear, give it to God, change your thinking, practice. What does that mean? Well, let's do it again. Rejoice, be reasonable, face your fear, Give it to God. Change your thinking. Rejoice. You get the idea. We do it over and over again. Sometimes, 10 times a day, we walk. We need to walk through Paul's program. And then here's what Paul says at the end of this passage. He says, what you have received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. What a powerful yeah. image. I love that. He says, the God of peace. The Amplified Version says it this way, the God who is the source of peace and well-being, the almighty God of the universe, the sovereign, the one who has never been defeated. That's right. He's the God of peace, and he will be with you. You know, when I was a, a little boy, we went on a vacation with my family. We went to a place in New Mexico in the States called Carlsbad Caverns, and they took us into this cave and into this huge room, and as part of the tour, they they turned all the lights off, and it was the darkest I've ever seen. And as a little boy, I was afraid of the dark. I'm way past that now. <laughs> Not really, but I was afraid of the dark. And when the lights went off, I just, I felt panic. I was scared to death, and I felt I was all alone, and I was isolated, and I was in the dark, and my mind was racing. And, and then all of a sudden, a hand came down on my shoulder, and it was my dad. At that minute, my dad was the God of it's going to be okay. And he put his hand on my shoulder. And I was still in the cave and the lights were still off and it was still dark, but I was okay because my father was with me. And that is the message that Paul gives us. Mm. That no matter what the circumstances, how bad it gets, the God of peace is with us. And circumstances are crazy. The world is upside down and all of us would change circumstances today if we could, but the point is that we need to change our minds. What we need right now is peace. If you're not a Christ follower or a Christian, today's a great day to take that step and, and to say, Jesus, I, I wanna follow you. I wanna experience your peace. And for the rest of us, let's, let's begin right now. Let's begin asking the God of peace 
to come into our lives, to come into our homes, mm -hmm. that the anxiety will be relieved, that we will be set free from this oppression that Satan wants to bring against us, that we will be set free from the isolation, from the fear. Because right now, right wherever you are, would you just close your eyes for a minute and pray with me because we're going to talk together with the God of peace. Mm. Father, I'm so thankful for, for you and the peace that you bring. And Lord alone, we can't figure this thing out. Lord, let alone the rest that goes on in our lives. But we know that the God of peace is with us. And so I pray right now that there in London, that your spirit will move among the homes and, and the flats and wherever we're watching from. And Lord, we pray that your peace that Paul describes in another place, a peace that passes human understanding, will take over in our hearts and lives. And Lord, we thank you for this and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to Sermon Audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.